Okay. Now we need to be quiet. Hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, son of a bitch. What? What? Who invited her? Yeah, who invited? Well, look, Kelsey's here. Yay! All right. Well, we were gonna have just Rob, but apparently Kelsey showed up too. All right. Gonna make me feel welcome, guys. Oh, sorry. Welcome. Why don't we, well, why don't we introduce ourselves then? All right, all right, all right. Well, I'm Matthew. I'm Mariah. And this is the Legendary Pants Book Club. This week we have uh, on the show with us Robertson Beach. As and, promised. As, as promised last week. Nice and, to meet y'all. And Kelsey Beach. Our surprise. Surprise! Uh, and what are we talking about this week, honey? We are reading The Martian. Do we have the... Oh, you know, we didn't. But I will pull that up while Rob talks about what he brought us. Yeah, what did you bring us, Rob? Um, I brought Red Rocket Ale from Bear Republic. Very appropriate. And uh, you want to read the description? It's even Scottish. Did you know it was Scottish? I did not know it was Scottish. That's so but that, funny. That was a, a wonderful perfect. surprise. No one, it, no one out there in Radio Land knows why that makes sense. Rob has a big Scottish head. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that racist? You can't say that. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. That's pretty good. So Red Rocket Ale is a bastardized Scottish-style red ale packed with distinctive flavors and an aggressive hop. Yeah, it's pretty aggressive. Character, an aggressive hop character rivaled by none. Okay. This unfiltered, bottled, bottle-conditioned amber color ale breaks all style molds. Brewmaster notes. Oh, you gotta keep it refrigerated. Anyway, but it's from California. I thought it was Scottish. It's it's a it's a bastardized Scottish style red ale. Oh, I see. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. No. But it is very hoppy. It wow. The, yeah. <laughs> you got that, honey? You, you good? <laughs> yeah, that's I like hoppy. Yeah. It's okay. Not... Okay. Apparently the internet has decided to tell me no, so I don't have that. However, uh we are gonna we're gonna push on. Well, we're going to, so what we read this week was The Martian by Andy Weir. Um, and actually, this book, if you aren't aware, the movie for it is coming out today. Tonight. Well, we're not going to publish till Wednesday, so it came out four days ago. It came, so five it's days out ago. Friday yeah. while we're recording this. And so, like a bunch of losers, <laughs> we're sitting around a microphone talking about the book instead of going to see the movie. At least we're drinking beer. At least we're, yeah, at least we're having a good time. Well, it's not, I mean, it's hard to go see movies when you have a small child. So, we're going to go see it whenever we can. Uh, however, that means that our review of the book is untainted by the movie. That's true. Except, of course, Audible put Matt Damon's ugly mug on the front of the book. Yeah. Which... Matt Damon! That <laughs> 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 uh, never gets old. <laughs> really well, doesn't. Our, and we're still, we should also mention our sponsor, though. Oh, well, do you mean Audible? Yeah, the only podcast. We're the only podcast not sponsored by Audible. Not sponsored by Audible. Yeah, I think every podcast I've listened to in the last week is sponsored by Audible. Yeah, we're yeah not. Except for us. Yeah, we are not, we are not sponsored by Audible. So, um. I did, I did pull that up. You did, okay. I did, I got it. Okay. Oh, wait. Oh, where's the, oh, God. All right, never mind. It's not working. Fuck it. Do you want me to get it? All right, we got we got right. a, we got a publisher summary. Go ahead, honey. So here we go. The description: Six days ago, astronaut Mark Watney became one of the first people to walk on Mars. Now he's sure he'll be the first person to die there. After a dust storm nearly kills him and forces his crew to evacuate while thinking him dead, 
Mark finds himself stranded and completely alone with no way to even signal Earth that he's alive. And even if he could get word out, his supplies would be gone long before a rescue could arrive. Chances are, though, he won't have time to starve to death. The damaged machinery, unforgiving environment, or plain old human error are much more likely to kill him first. But Mark isn't ready to give up yet. Drawing on his ingenuity, his engineering skills, and a relentless, dogged refusal to quit, he steadfastly confronts one seemingly insurmountable obstacle after the next. Will his resourcefulness be enough to overcome the impossible odds against him? I think that that summary was almost as long as the book. Yeah. So it was a long summary. I have a question. Um are there any spoiler alerts, or are we discussing the entirety we, we, of the book? Yeah, well, I said this in the last podcast, and I'll say it again. We're going to ruin this book, because this is a book club. Okay. So the assumption is that if you're listening to this, you've already read the book. If okay. you haven't, then I hope you like things being ruined. Yeah, it's a book review. Okay. Yeah. yeah, because Dumbledore well, dies. I think, okay? I, I think um, getting a movie effectively ends the statute of limitations on spoiler alerts for a book. I also agree with that. You would think that, except that everyone's all pissy when you spoil Game of Thrones, even though those books have been out for years. Aren't they past the end of the book? They are now. Yeah. yeah. So now they're, now they're going the other way. Because I was, I was all caught up, because yeah. I finished all the books, and now there are new things coming out, and I've been told that they're going beyond seven seasons, and they're going to have crazy offshoots of the story and new TV shows. Yeah. So you better you better catch up. I don't have HBO. Yeah, neither do we. <laughs> so I will say I we wanted did. to say we did with this book though. Um, Matthew and I actually already read it once, and this is going to be a common theme that I fucking love this book. So we read it once, and we decided to read it again for this podcast. And I don't reread books. Do you want you want to watch language? fucking love this book. You want to watch a language? I could read it a third time. Boobies? Like, that's how much I love this book. Isn't that what we're book. supposed to say at that point? Boobies. 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 Yeah, yeah, boobies. Alright, so, speaking of fuck, does everyone remember the first line of this book? I, I remember fucked. it involved... Yeah, it was pretty... It was pretty much... I'm pretty much fucked. Yeah. That's that's a that's a that's an amazing first line for a book. Well, and remember, you had read this book, and he's like, I really think you like this book, babe. You really should read this book. And I'm like, eh, guy's stuck on Mars doing Marsies. I don't care. Um, and then finally I needed a book, and I was like, okay, I'll read it. And then he said the first line, and I was like, oh, oh, it's going to be like this, is it? Okay. That's pretty much the best thing to keep you wanting to read more. Right? Best, best first line ever. I was like, okay, I have to keep reading this. <laughs> I feel like one of the best decisions by the author was that he's... He he didn't go the, this is going to be a really brutal survival story. He said, we're going to stick a guy with a good sense of humor in space and just cut him off. <laughs> and see what happens. And, and, I, and I was actually thinking about that, like, maybe that's why I really like the book. And it felt very lighthearted. So, and I may go back and forth with the movie a lot. But I, from the previews, it just seems, the, re, the, the movie seems very serious, where this... Again, we just really lighthearted. The well, maybe they're maybe they're setting you up. Maybe the trailers are setting you up. Yeah, you think it's serious, and then it's fucking hilarious. And either that, or we'll have another Hobbit situation on our hands. Oh God, please no. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but this book was actually first published in a series of blog posts, and it eventually got published. Oh. And I can't remember the name of the publisher who picked it, picked it up. It's no longer online on his blog, but right. that's where it all originated. Interesting. Was it just the journal entries that were the blog posts, or was it the whole story including, like, the other POVs? You know, I'm not sure. That's, oh, I did that's, not know that. That's neat. See, I didn't do any research on the book. No. 
That's why we well, stopped it. Rob's doing some homework. No, I, I happen to look on Wikipedia. <laughs> Good that's job. Really, that's really interesting. Because I, I do really like the way that it's written as in the beginning as kind of the, you know, just his log entries. Yeah. Um, and the way, and again, the, but the way they did it, it wasn't boring. It was really entertaining. Yeah. Like, I looked forward to listening to him and how he was yeah. going to solve problems. Once My favorite was listening to him tell you what he was going to do, and then it was over, and then... Log entry two, fuck. <laughs> I, I well, really that wanted didn't to work. Know. I fucked up. I really want to know, especially after I found out it had been a blog first. I wanted to know if that day's blog entry was, well, fuck, and yeah. that's all they put because yeah. that would have been really funny. Or what was yeah. the one? Um, um, why can Aquaman control whales? They're mammals. That doesn't make any sense. That was after NASA had been saying, I wonder what he's thinking of right now. What do you think he's... Yeah, I think when they were interviewing the like psychiatrist or whatever, like, I wonder what he's thinking of, right? What do you think he's thinking of? Yeah, and it's and, and that's the honesty of it that I loved is is I mean, you're on this planet by yourself, you're doing these log entries, like you're gonna say shit like that is not important. Like it's not always serious. Right. Yeah. And after he you know, thought to himself that he might actually get saved. He said, I might want to keep the embarrassing log entries to a minimum here. How do you delete? How do you delete log entries? It seems to be an obvious way. Uh, I'll figure it out later. Yeah, yeah. And the the science piece of it, and I'm curious how many people would get annoyed by all the number crunching. and, And yeah, I kind of black out for that stuff because I hate math. But it, I mean... They did it, in, again, in such a fun way that I was like, oh, I wish I knew math. <laughs> that was the other cool thing I found out just by doing a little research on the book. He's a computer scientist, Andrew Weir, Andy Weir is, Andy. Okay. and his dad is actually an astrophysicist. Oh, wow. There you go. And I think that's he's, where... Apparently we need Rob on every episode because he's just going to come with all the... He's going to drop some knowledge bombs up <laughs> well, in his Well, now guys, don't do your homework. No. Well, that, well, that, that probably explains his, his obsession with ASCII. Okay. <laughs> that, that was very... He was actually... All of the computer stuff was pretty well yeah. done, which that explains it now. Especially modifying that JPEG so that it couldn't actually open... Into the header up. files yeah. and the hex editing yeah. and, and stuff, that's yeah. Because I, I, you always wonder about these science books, like how real accurate is it? And it's a lot of fun, actually... When Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about the the reality of a movie or a book, so I would actually wonder what if he. I don't know if this would be. I don't think this would be his expert. Some of it would be his expertise, but you always wonder. Like I just take for granted. Like sure, all those numbers he just said. Like sure, I believe you. But I wonder how many people like sat down and made sure that his math was right because there are people like that. So, but it sounds like it likely was. I learned all of my astrophysics. <laughs> Astrophysics, um, incredible space program, and pirate ninjas. That was probably my yes. favorite part of the book. That is the that best was, unit of measurement ever. Great. Ah, I should come up with a unit for this. Um, uh, man, this is hard. Pirate ninjas. Yeah, that. And when he discovered that he was a space pirate, space pirate. That's right. right? Yeah, that's another good pirate. Yeah. Space pirate. And um, again, along. So keep hitting that. I don't know if that's good. That's, that's fine. That's what the shark. So I, when I saw that the movie was coming out, I was super excited, and I don't know about you guys, but I didn't picture Mark Watney as Matt Damon. Matt Damon! Um, My dad actually thought it would be Mark Wahlberg, which would have been, in my opinion, a terrible choice. Yeah, I think yeah. that also would have been I feel awful. Like, I feel like he's older. Like, I picture him a little old. I don't know. No, no, I no. Mark Watney is in his late 20s. I, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty, 30, something like that. 
I, I think I think that Matt Damon was a really good choice. Yeah. Wow. Because really. He's, he's got a really good sense of humor. He does, but I guess he's his face can be very static. I guess well, that's that's why he's great though, is because Mark Watney's sense of humor is just you know deadpan sarcasm. Pure verbal. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I think it would do. I think he would do a really good job. With I it. do think he'll do a good job acting wise. I don't know if I would have pictured him like you were saying as <laughs> Matt Damon. I don't know what I, well, I, I realized, compare what I was picturing as. And I, re- and yeah, I guess I didn't picture Matt Damon. I can't tell you who I would, but I think I realized, though, what my problem is with Matt Damon. It's not the voice. It's not the right voice. And we'll have to give credit to the person who read it, the book, because we listened to the book. Um, well, I mean, if you didn't listen to the book, if you read it, you would have whatever voice is in your head. Exactly. So, so you can't really... that's my question. Like R.C. Bray. R.C. Bray, I think, did a really fantastic job reading this book. He really and, did. And, like, even his intonation in some of the parts, like, my favorite one is, like, I'm alive! <laughs> like, if I read this book on paper, I don't, I, I don't think it, I don't know if it would have been as much fun. I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much. Do you think, I mean, so... Do you think he got a little too melodramatic at times? I don't. Like when he was doing the evil laugh and... No, not no. at all. Yeah, that was there was, great. There were a few times, like, he'd be talking and he goes, yay! And it just, it was completely, there it was, it was some, almost out of character. Was, right, there were some yeah. points where it didn't quite fit. It was just yeah. desynchronous, yeah. Especially knowing, right, especially but, knowing that these were written logs. Right. It... It was just a little odd. Well, they were but supposed most to be written the time, logs. he was really awesome. Yeah. But I think in the movie, they're, they're videos... Well, well like, but yeah, I mean, but, uh, I don't blame the video for that. It's no. not like it's not like the movie could just be some music and some words on the screen. But yeah. I guess my problem with Matt Damon is that it's not the right voice. But I, I, I don't think it was out of character at all. I think it was. And I wonder I too. I mean, good. I'm not, I'm not an expert on Audible. I don't know how much say the author has. I, I understand that when an author gets picked up by an audiobook company, they get like some samples of voices. But I don't know if if the author coached him on each of those crazy parts or right, what? Right, I don't know. But it, I think, it, uh, you know, as far as the the performance, it was... I mean, he did a good job, much. and not just with Mark, he did a great job with um, Venga Kapoor. And, and like yeah. we talked... And, he, and, and the, the Chinese... Uh-huh. Um, oh, yeah, the... Uh, he had, like, three different names. Chinese voices, yeah. which is pretty impressive for like, an American. Like the last book we talked about, like, doing those different voices, I'm very impressed by that. And he even yeah. did a... I mean, he didn't sound like a woman, but for the woman's voices, he you did a good difference. job. Yeah. Yeah, 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 You can tell the difference. Yeah. You can tell the difference in the But I've, have you ever heard crazy. men, um, narr- like, reading audiobooks, and they do a woman's voice, and you're like... Oh my! That's, <laughs> that's definitely a man doing a woman's voice. See, I find I find actually, and I talked about this last time. I find that women doing men's voices is generally not as good as men doing women's voices. Yes. The only other I, book I I've listened that. to that I remember a woman doing a man's voice is it was kind of the same as this guy did. He kind of she changed her inflection a little bit, but you it, she definitely wasn't trying to sound uh, like I, a man. I always right. feel like women doing men's voices are always like. Hoo, hoo, hoo. <laughs> like they're doing some kind of crappy stand-up. Yes. I, well, the men sound like their voices are cracking. Yeah. It's, just, listen, it's really difficult. And they get a lisp. Yeah. Like, yeah. I listened to the last three books of the Wheel of Time series, and they're narrated by Kate Redding. She is phenomenal. But listening to her do men's voices at times, exactly. it was just a little... Exactly. It was a little off-putting, and I'm not going to say that it took me out of the book. But as opposed to Michael Kramer, whose female voices are really good. That'd be the man. Uh, you, yes, yeah. I, I I think what 
I think what helped in that situation was I heard Michael speaking first. Mm-hmm. So I got the characters in my head with his voice, and then Kate right, comes when in she later, does another, and it's like the same character. And oh in god! Her and I remember voice. I I had the first. Uh, I don't. Maybe it was the second book. I don't know that she did any vocalization in the first book. I can't remember if there's a female point of view. But when the first female point of view came into the series, I'm like, oh god, you're not a dude. I don't remember this. <laughs> And that's kind, of, that's kind of an interesting way to do it. But I, I think like what Kelsey is saying, instead of trying to sound like a woman or like a man and you're not, just try to change kind of your intonation to sound right. like a different voice. It, His that, voice yeah. got a little softer. Yeah, and he did and, a good job with yeah. that. You could tell it was, and, and even between the women, they each kind of had a different Yeah, they sound a little bit different. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and be that guy. Okay. I want to talk about the emotions of this book. I have read this book three times. This is my third time through it. And I still got a little choked up when Pathfinder found Earth. Yeah. Like, I, I I got super excited for him. Yeah, yeah, I know. Make fun of me all you want. But seriously, I was like, oh, oh yeah. I mean, there was, there was like that inner... I, mean, I was excited. I didn't get choked was, up, you sissy pants. There was that inner geek in me. I'm like, oh, Pathfinder. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Especially when he's, like, on the way to... I can't remember where he was going at that point in the book. But he's like, if I just go a little bit out of my way... Oh, he was that was towards the end where he was going to yeah. go hit Opportunity. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, obviously, Pathfinder and Opportunity are actual real space Yes, yes. yes. Right. That's what I figured. Yeah. I didn't know for sure, but I figured. Because, I mean, this one, Hermes and all that, and Ares, that's all made up. Um you know, it was funny. I, I think that Ares was used... There's a, another series about Mars... It's like red planet, green planet, blue planet. Or no, red Mars, green Mars, blue Mars. And I can't remember who wrote it, but it's about the colonization of Mars. Is is there one Mars, two Mars, too? Um, no, unfortunately. But the really, the cool thing about it is I'm pretty sure the mission in that was also Ares. I'm pretty sure. Huh. I don't know if that was... Made up. Yes, yeah. Yeah, because they, they successfully terraformed Mars. And that, unfortunately, didn't really happen. No, no, not in this one. Um, yeah, but no, it, yeah, Pathfinder was working. I was like, you go, Mark. And then, <laughs> and then the other big hit was when at the end they're doing, they're going through the go, no go. Um, yes. Kim Stanley Robinson. Kim That's Stanley did. Robinson. That's who did the Mars series. Okay. It's like the Swiss family Robinson, only an author. Um, and at the end when they're doing the go checks, when they're about to lift them off yeah. and they're like, pilot, he goes, go. And I'm like, oh yeah, you go, Mark. <laughs> I, I love when the hab seal comes off the front of the rocket, and he starts talking about how he's going to get enough Delta V to get to the uh, to Ares 3. He's like, I can just poke a hole in my spacesuit and fly around like Iron Man. But Iron Man! But yeah. Iron Man! Iron Man! Commander! Yeah, Iron I guess that's what I'm curious about, or what, the, what you thought were the funniest parts. I mean, there were a lot of funny parts, but it, I feel like it was a very quotable yes. book. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. My, my favorite... My, the funniest part for me is, well, yeah, I thought you liked Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> I like way to take a really awkward, horrible situation and like, yeah. I'm corn yeah. fed, free range. <laughs> right. yeah. Look at that, that's cool quality meat right there. Yeah, <laughs> lot of muscle on this. And and to think, I guess you don't think about your scientists and your astronauts to have a sense of humor. You know, you know. Even in Star Trek and, and all those other, you know, right. they're dead serious and they're right. like married yeah, to their it, job and like you know this guy Martinez, he's uh, the pilot on Hermes. 
they've been like he, they've been on this ship with him for how long? And he obviously is is the the prankster, you know, or no, Mark was. Mark was. Yeah, but 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 then Martinez was the one who says when you get when you get back on Hermes, I'm gonna make. Sweet, passionate love to you. Prepare, prepare your, your body. body. Prepare, prepare your, your body. body. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite part. Like, yeah, that's yeah. a prankster as well. Like, well you, seriously, you, you I was say. away from the keyboard for ten you seconds. You put that guy on a ship, and he's yeah. got to interact with these people for how long? Yeah. You know? I mean, but that was said, Mark's purpose when he... But I think it's like... Yeah. But somebody had to take over, just like they had a backup chemist. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's the, the backup cloud. I think people really would do that. Too. I mean, someone's got to fill that social void. But and it, yeah, that's I think that he was a good pick for that because they even say at one point that Martinez was Mark's best friend. Yes. Like he he, he asked that. him to talk to his parents. And right, 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 right. I think the psychologist, when they were interviewing her on uh, on CNN, um, they uh, she said, like, you know, we are trying to pick a crew that could work well together. And, and I think that's a, I think they that's a big part of it. And Mark, right. Because when when things got rough and stressful, Mark was always cracking jokes. But right. I I like that point though that that Martinez was the backup then yeah. for that. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. But you just don't think of that when you send astronauts into space, you know. And but that's kind of important because everyone has different social roles. You need to to maintain that, especially if people are going to be together for such a long time. Yeah, and, and I mean such a high stress yeah. environment. Yeah. yeah. And, and they had Vogel, he was the evil supervillain. <laughs> they had Johansson, the hot babe. Right. Yeah. And Beck, the guy who doing does the, the hot babe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that, he was a doctor or something too. That was great know. when everybody realized that everyone else on the ship <laughs> already knew. Johansson can sleep with Beck and Johansson blushed or whatever, yeah. And he goes, you know about that? She's like, yeah. <laughs> It was, it was, that was cute, though. A little bit of running yeah. like that. Yeah. I, I still want to know, because, I mean, obviously, Vogel was the onboard doctor, and he had a whole bunch of medication. Well, no, I Vogel wonder, was the chemist. Beck was the doctor. Was Beck the doctor? Okay. Yeah. yeah so, they had all those meds on board, but do you think they prepared any contraceptives at all, or? I actually wondered that, too. I wondered if NASA sent them with condoms. Because they were See, still I months no, away. because they were technically not supposed to be True. But I could see the women being on a contraceptive program just to keep them regular. Because that's you'd true. you'd want that to be predictable because they're, they're, they're on the right. they're on the boat for well, twelve maybe that's, fourteen yeah. months. Maybe that's another one of those um, kind of plot gaps. What's the word? Plot hole. Plot hole. I don't think it was a hole. I don't think it needed to be mentioned, but I they, thought it was. It's an interesting conjecture. They would have gotten so this is the back. Future. They would have gotten back before she had the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. that that would have been a rough reentry. <laughs> right. She wouldn't. Uh, it was like 250 days yeah, from Mars almost, to Earth. It would probably be about when the baby was due. Oh, wow. And they're not really sure how well a mother will carry a child in, in, in low grab, so... It's less stress on your back. It's true. It's true. And babies are heavy, I'm told. <laughs> so, okay. Now, the book was, was, was great, right? And the, Andy clearly came up with a great plot. Towards the end of the book, was anyone else like, Jesus, Andy... A sandstorm, a pothole, the fucking canvas is coming off. Like, anything else? Anything else you want to throw at this poor bastard? Explosion. Which explosion? Because there were many. I know, but I mean, like, at the end. Even uh, at the end, he's throwing just everything he's got. It's like the, it's like the, the grand well, finale of a fireworks show. At the show. end, after they had him in, like, after he was in, get, like, going to grab Mark, he, w- he had a hold of him. 
I was holding my breath, and I'm like, there's going to be something. Yeah. Right. It's right. yeah, going they, to be something I was waiting else. for the this tether to break or him like to get pulled out. seconds yeah. for him right. to get out of the cockpit. Yeah, he it's didn't like, have any oh more God. fuel, and then they're talking about how... Was thought, it uh, Martinez that had to hold? No, Vogel. 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 I thought yeah. one he had to do it just perfectly. Yeah. yeah, I thought maybe with the bomb, like okay, Vogel's going to sacrifice himself. Like someone Somebody. was going to die. I really expected Commander Lewis to just sacrifice herself in some way. In because some way, yeah. she was. So guilt-ridden. Yeah. I am so glad they didn't do that, because that would have yeah. been too I'm Bruce Willis in Apocalypse. Right. Well, especially, like, of course. Especially with the whole... All this and that, that happened. The whole point of the story is a survival story. Yeah. And in a survival story, you don't want to see the survivalists die. And at that point, they were part of the survivor story. Yeah. True. Yeah. I mean, even even Mark Watney says it so at one point. He's like, you know, uh, what, what did he say? Oh, about um, being selfish? Yeah. He's, he When he was talking about doing the Iron Man thing. He was. He said, "I'm I just selfish, and I want I want all the memorial services on Earth." I don't want, to be, you guys to I don't want to share with you guys. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was to think about the reason, and I understand the whole overlining. Like you know, humanity is wonderful, and and they will help each other. It doesn't matter. But like thinking about the money and the resources and the oh, time yeah. and the laws yeah. that were broken and everything to get and yeah I've got a note one person right I've got a note on that like how much is too much for one dude now admittedly well, they said it they yeah. said it that yeah. people were gonna start going how much is too much yeah. admittedly they got a lot of science out of it right and that was yeah. their like don't forget though like this is but the, I mean the amount of information well, that he is getting us is just it's it's priceless. Yeah. Right. But I agree. Like, after a while, I'm like... Well, it's not just that. The next mission that lands, Ares 4 can still make it at yeah. the end of the book. They were never detoured in any way. Yeah. So they can still go on their mission, and he left a huge pile of samples for them. No, 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 no. They don't tell you about this in the book, but I can only imagine Ares 4 can't land on Mars. There's no MAV. They have to go to Mars, land an MAV, and come home. So Ares 4 got fucked out of their Mars trip. They get to go to Mars, land the MEV, because it has to be done in person because it's too delicate to do remotely, and then come home. Because you land the MEV for the next mission. That's right. Yeah. Which, actually, I wonder... Well, I mean, how many missions got fucked in this book? Yeah. yeah. Well, well I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah the, uh, well, the, the the eagle eye and the 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 Taihan uh, the Taihan Shen. Yeah. But they do get an astronaut on Mars. In next Ares that, four. Well, no, in Ares five, I think they promised. Yeah, whatever. Him. But yeah, to be honest, right that Chinese guy was right though. Like they f- they lost an invaluable piece of technology that's going to study the sun well, just I, to save Mark. Well, I feel yeah. like I feel like that conversation with him and. Um, uh, I think it was Venkit. Venkit? Or it might have been, um... No, it was, it was Venkit. Oh, okay. That, I feel like there was an implied, I'm, you know, I'm telling you this, yes, we did this for you, just, you know, to save Mark, but, you know, now we'll never get our probe where we want it to be, and I feel like it was an implied, you know, if there's anything NASA can do. <laughs> yeah. Right, tell, and I feel like that's probably what's going to happen. Oh, I see. Okay. I, I gotta say, I, I think that is a great way to breach the gap between the two countries. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what happened with Apollo yeah. Soyuz. Right. Yeah, because, do, do you guys... No. Uh, the Russians had a, a program that was kind of like Apollo called Soyuz, um, and they would send people up into space. Well, one of their capsules got stranded in orbit, and so we sent up an Apollo mission, kind of impromptu, to rescue them. 
And, the, and there was this whole... It's actually... I think the capsule itself is actually in the Smithsonian. Or at least a mock-up. Because you can see the two capsules joined by the nose cone thing. Aren't, aren't the Soyuz capsules still being used? Yeah, today? it's like a Soyuz 17 or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the Russians only have one line of things. <laughs> it's like a MiG. <laughs> yeah. I think their airplanes are called Soyuz as well. It's just, it's just Soyuz 4. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so... Well, and this is kind of a... I like this. This is kind of a common theme, then, is the coming together of all knowledge and resources. So whether or not it gets... Um, published, but the uh, another book that you and I read, Lock In, it was the same. Only it was about disease. About right, right, disease. right, right, right. Carrying a disease was more but important the whole than world, the politics. Right? The whole world was wrapped around trying to cure. It. So, and actually, all knowledge was then became public knowledge right. regarding the disease. So, which was pissing some people off because they wanted to make they, money off. They of it, wanted yeah. to make money and rights like and you know, I discovered this, I should be recognized, but it was all public domain. So everyone had all the information and and pretty much they really helped these people with the disease. But that's so it's the same kind of situation I right, feel like right, right, right. only with space. Alright. I want to talk about what the book did really well and what the book did like the only plot hole I could find. But I'm gonna get to that in a minute. Did you realize the book used my zombie survival plan? What, put a machete in a Subaru? No, 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 that's why, that's my <laughs> zombie uh, attack plan. <laughs> which, which did work. I never got attacked by zombies while I had that machete in there. Oh, your vitamins? Yeah, multivitamins and calories. Yeah. That's all you need to survive. So you see all these shows and these movies uh, with zombies where they go... Cans of beans. They go to the store and they, <laughs> they buy cans of tomatoes and cans of peas and all this. No, 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 no. You clear the multivitamin rack because they never show you the part of the movie where everyone's dying of scurvy. You clear out the multivitamin rack and then you get every bag of dried beans for protein and flour and sugar that you can find. Because all you need are calories, proteins, and vitamins. Assuming you have water, because if you don't have water, you're dead anyways. And that's and that's what and that's what Mark was living on, what? you know. And I potatoes. thought I was like, like, he had like potatoes and multivitamins. He had like thirty-seven potatoes left. He's like, yeah, I will say this: coming from someone who's watched a lot of patients on TPA, uh, TPN, it doesn't cover all the bases. They still wind up kind of whittling away slowly over time. No, no, Centrum told me that's all I needed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm sure he did. Although I will say it, uh, a plot hole that I don't think that you came up with. And yes, they did talk about how bad he smelled, but he never talked yeah. about his hair, like about oh, his him facial shaving hair and or stuff. anything. I actually assume. I'm assuming he did. But... I'm assuming NASA sent them with razors and stuff because they were there for. I mean, the mission was a year and change. But then while he, he was driving, yeah, 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 he I eventually think... did make himself a bath. Yeah, he made a bath, but I don't think he regularly bathed. No, I think no, it's like one because off. I mean I think he was especially smelly because he had been in the rover for yeah. how many souls before. And they he, actually picked and him up. a lot of like yeah, especially since probably in the hab he's got wipes because that's what astronauts use. They use like a baby wipe kind of thing because they can't take a shower. It's zero gravity, which doesn't really do it for you. Well, you yeah, know, swab the folds and you're good clean. to go. Yes. Oh. No, you do not feel clean. You do not feel clean. But uh, yeah, so I assume he had wipes at the hab, but he probably just didn't. Or he a, probably ran out. And maybe not really a plot hole. I guess I pictured. I guess I pictured. <laughs> I pictured man in the iron mask when they pull when Beck pulled off the helmet to. Like, whoa, and they fell. <laughs> uh, that's what I picture. His hair just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like his lion's mane just erupts from the helmet. <laughs> hey, Beck, good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I assume 
He had razors. I assume he was bathing himself with wipes, at least until a point. He probably ran out. Yeah. And, I mean, he was literally peeing in a bag the whole time, so oh, yeah. I mean, he couldn't have smelled good. I've Although, in a bag for uh-huh. a while. he couldn't have been all that dirty. How great was that, though? The Well, no, his hat was completely covered in dirt. The, yeah. I'm going to yeah. take this specimen collection container. A box. Yeah. A plastic <laughs> box. It's basically a trash bag, but it probably costs like $10,000 because NASA. <laughs> <laughs> and the nannies at NASA. I love that he said that. Yeah. It's like, no, what was it? No, Mark, uh, for the I last time I will not. I will not tell my botanist to go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> also, can you please watch your language? All of these emails are now public knowledge. Boobies! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's fantastic. And you know what? And and I am very, especially like, I love Harry Potter and I love the Harry Potter movies, but I love them separately for, you know, they're separate things to me. I know it's the same basic story, but they changed a lot. But I, I try not to let it upset me because it's just two different mediums. So that's one thing I think that the writers for the movie could have fun with is inserting that kind of fun stuff. Um it's the old people upstairs. Yeah, there's a if there's chimes on the and podcast, there's a hurricane, yeah, it's because there's so. a hurricane coming and the old people above us have have wind chimes. And uh, so, so yeah, I, I I'm trying not to I'm trying not to let the if the movie doesn't get it exactly right, even though I think that the book is perfect. There is there is one scene. Trying to not let it upset me. There is one scene that I hope to God. Oh yeah, you're the seeing, movie gets right. Yeah, because it has to. Can you guys guess? What do you think? I could never um, guess with you. No, I know. He shows up at the MAV and it talks about it in third person. And it goes, Oh, yeah, the and, pumps. and then he gets out and stumbles and he's like, Whoa! And then he's jumping up in the air and then kneeling, fist pumping, fist pumping. and then he hugs it. I'm hoping, and this is my prediction, I haven't seen the movie yet, Podcast World. I'm hoping that they do that exactly like that. No sense. They have a camera shot from kind of above, like way above him, so you can kind of see him in the distance. And, the and there's no sound. You that just see him it's doing just it. Just a guy in a spacesuit. And all you'll hear is everyone laughing in the theater. That's this is what why. NASA would have seen. It will pictures of that. <laughs> that <laughs> and it would have been hilarious to look down and see that. I, I read, thinking that he was just not going to make it, and then you see that. I read that part of the story and immediately thought. This guy is totally a product of the 80s. <laughs> and then I thought, that makes sense as to why he hates disco so he's much. Not, he's not a product of the 80s. This book takes place like 10 or 15 years in the future. No, I understand that. It just seems to me like right. he's a product of the 80s. Oh, just, you know, probably just Andy in his Weir general is. Be- yeah, maybe. Yeah, just yeah, because yeah. of his behavior. And yeah. I'm sure part of it is just, you know... The author's character showing through the character he created. Right, right. He's probably Gen X, and yeah, Gen X hates disco. Oh, man, that was funny. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, but speaking of disco, this gets me to my, my plot hole. Where the fuck was Mark Watney's thumb drive? Exactly. He oh, had yeah. none of his own. He complained shit about to he complained to. about listening to disco. He complained about the shitty seventies TV. Martinez didn't bring anything. He but said that that's fine. Vogel shit was all in German. German. He never touched Beck stuff. Oh no, Beck brought textbooks. medical journals. That's right. Yeah. And then Johansson had those mystery Fine, novels. Mystery novels. Um, yeah. yeah, but nothing. He didn't have it. In the first time yeah, I was reading this book, I was like, "Where's your thumb drive?" Where's your fucking thumb drive? And I was hoping that the last sentence of the book would have been, and here's my goddamn thumb drive I left on the spaceship. <laughs> like, that was, I was hoping so bad that that was the last line, and it didn't happen. I was very upset. And that this, is, been good. this is the only research I actually did for tonight. 
Apparently, the people have asked the author this so many times that the author finally came out and said, yeah, it was an accident. It was an oversight, my bad. <laughs> that was a big oversight. So like, dude, forget one thumb drive. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, though, like, like him hating disco was like a main subplot. Yeah. And really, really I mean, was, all he had to do was put a sentence at the end. Oh, there's my fucking thumb drive. Done. We're done. It was a really good comedy. It was comedy in my boot hook, the whole time. It was. It was a great... It was in my boot. <laughs> Who was the one that brought all the disco? Lewis. Uh, Lewis, Lewis, the commander. So when he wrote um, to Na- or yeah to NASA. Also, tell Lewis disco sucks. Yeah, and I think <laughs> Venkat boogie fever. Yeah, Venkat. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry, we don't have the bandwidth to send you anything, so I cannot comply with your repl- uh, with your request to send music. Oh God, oh God, anything, anything but disco. <laughs> Enjoy your, your boogie fever. Venkat <laughs> uh, was very. Funny. He was. He like he wasn't he was always funny, yeah. but he came out with some good shit every uh, once in a while. Aside from Mark, he was my favorite character. Absolutely, really? absolutely. Really? Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. It was a good Mark, character. Um, because he was the right kind of character for what level of management he was in NASA. Because he's kind of like a middle manager. He was in charge of Mars operations. And no, I don't know when they're going to be refilling. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Which is funny yeah. because out of diet code. that means yeah. he's not so high that everyone in the building recognizes him. Right. But he's also high enough that, like, when Mindy started talking back to him, he was like, "You know, I'm seven levels above you, right?" I liked it better when you were shy. I'm space paparazzi. It comes with a, the attitude comes yeah. with a job. <laughs> You're kind of a dick, Mitch. I, All right, fair I enough. Oddly, I oddly liked Mitch. Mitch was because a good I knew too. that he was going to end up being the way he was. He ended up he caring really a lot. And he was a complete D-bag in, in the beginning. But isn't that, I really like the if you think about it then, we're talking about all these different characters. Like, Andy yeah. did a really good job making these different characters. And I know... Yeah. It was, it, it he did a good me, job making them interesting, And making too. Them, yeah. each of them interesting. Even in though their, their jobs way. are kind of and boring. It makes, me, it makes me think of the other books that we listened to by Brandon Sanderson, where you, like, you and Rob were like... Each book has this character. Each book has this person. Oh, where Brandon only it's has all, five characters? Yeah, you, and, 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 <laughs> and maybe, he's never going to listen to this, I hope. <sighs> maybe Sandy writes more books. Maybe that's the same thing. But even so, he just really, he really did a good job painting those different characters. And, he did. He did. And like I said, he did a good job making them interesting because mm-hmm. head of NASA, maybe not an interesting dude. No. But yeah. yet, and you yeah. could catch it, he was no. he was obsessive compulsive and, and he was interesting. The, the, yeah. Annie. Oh. Annie. Annie was funny. I, She was great. She None said, of you guys got fucking late in high school, did you? She was a huge bitch, but she was great. My favorite was Rich. I wanted what the a, fuck is that? What, does this, what the fuck does that mean? I wanted yeah. a picture and he sends me the fucking fonts. <laughs> Have <laughs> you fun. met Mark Rodney? <laughs> <laughs> The yeah, I liked Rich, the uh, guy who projected Rich all the trajectories. Yeah, Rich Purnell. He's played by, I think, Danny Donald Glover, the black kid from Community. I was wondering. Uh, I think uh, that's uh, his uh, role because I saw all the papers. So I think that's I who saw he's him playing. In the, in and the again, preview, I don't I picture that. I don't see because that. Because you've never seen Donald Glover serious. No, I have not. Have you heard his stand-up about being Shaft or being Spider-Man? He wanted to be Shaft too, I think, because he's yeah. going to go down and drink a cup of Shaft juice. Shaft yeah. juice. It is Shaft, Jim. And that's the thing, like, and I, I'm going to watch this movie, and I'm going to enjoy it for what it is. 
Um, but I just don't picture Andy Glover as but you, when that awkward you mean guy. Donald Glover. Donna Glover. I said awkward You guy. will once right. it gets into and, the and movie. It, you'll be like, the, it's up to yes. the actors. Yeah, I mean, right. well, Martinez looks like he's played by the Mexican guy from Ant-Man. Which is fine. I can yes. picture oh, that. Yes. But, and uh, Johansson. Johansson is Johansson, oh that. yeah, is that... Um, that beautiful... She's, she's got a very pretty face um, from House of Cards. The reporter. I'll pull up. Kate Mara. Kate Mara. Yeah. Is she... Yeah. But she's... I can see her as being awkward and dorky and... After being on House of Cards, though, can she blush? Jeez, I don't know. We <laughs> did see Kevin Space do her right up the pooper, so I'm not oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> do, 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 don't nobody watch House of Cards in your house? Just Rob me. does. I just... <laughs> just me. Oh, that's... Yeah. And Hemi from time to time. Does he? Hemi's the dog, by the way. It is Robin Kelsey's dog. He is laying at our feet dutifully, not making any noise. The dog. That, that, I mean, that... Whew. Anyone got anything else? I fucking love this book. Yeah? It was great. Well, we're yeah, going to we're gonna, we're gonna go around and everyone give like a one-sentence summary of what they thought and whether they'd recommend it and to whom. I know you fucking love this book, so let's let Kelsey start. Let's let Rob start, because Kelsey doesn't want to. I, I would recommend this book to pretty much anyone. I mean, it's... It's funny because you can pretty much glaze over all the science, and it's still an awesome thriller. And I know you guys felt it at the end. You're like, God, what else can go wrong? But I mean, <laughs> that's the real marker of a successful thriller is every story is going to have its plot twists, especially towards the end once, you know, it starts reaching the climax of the action. But a thriller, there is no break. There's no interruption for the characters to breathe, and that's why this book is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. And I mean, to be honest, like I, like I said earlier, I read this book three times. And even on the third time through, there was a little part of my brain that was going, maybe the protein rocket will work this time. Like, <laughs> maybe the book's a little different this time I'm listening to it the third time. Like, it, it really was you don't know a happen. real suspense. Even, even, even uh, having read it a couple times, it was still great. And I would, I would also recommend it to pretty much anybody. Yeah, I would recommend it to pretty much anybody because when you told me about the book, oh, guy on Mars doing science uh, But no, it's the, even the science stuff, even if you black out a little bit when he starts crunching the numbers, like, it's still, it's still interesting. It's like, man, I wish I knew math. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of neat stuff that you kind of learn about if you don't realize you learn about it. And it's, and it's hilarious. I, I, you guys covered it. I would recommend it to anybody, especially if you think you don't like science fiction. Oh, yeah. You can definitely get into this book and maybe, you know, find your little spot and you can find other books that you would like through. It's, it's mm-hmm. just a lot of fun. Absolutely. And, and no I, and, and that means a lot because Mariah didn't think you would like this book. She didn't. I didn't think I would like the book either. Well, you're dumb. But I don't know what Kelsey likes. No, nobody does. I don't even know what Kelsey <laughs> likes. It's, it's funny because I think I would classify this book as hard sci-fi. But it's easily the most accessible hard sci-fi because the characters right. well, are so vibrant. Right, and it's the, near sci-fi, which makes the technology not so like, oh man, I gotta learn about end space warping <laughs> and hyper junk and shit. No, no, it's NASA can go a little faster. Let's go. Pretty much pissing rocket fuel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, all right. Well, let's. Uh, what do we read next week? So I think. You and I are planning on reading uh, James Bond. The second James Bond movie. Live and Let Die by Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming. Audible released uh, a while back uh, a bunch of James, basically every James Bond book, I think, read by 
famous British people. Yeah, and if you listen to our last podcast, you will know that I love books read with ridiculous British accents, so that alone is right up my alley. Have you started it yet? Oh, yeah. It is it ridiculous? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, good. So, but what's... Well, anyway. I haven't started yet. Yeah. I'm probably going to finish on Monday, though. Yeah. So, okay. Well, thank you, Rob and Kelsey. I'm mm-hmm. sure we will have you guys on thank in the future. You. Thanks for having us. Yeah. And thank you, Hemi, for keeping our feet warm. This has been uh, Legendary Pants Book Club, and uh, hey, have fun.